Hello and welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, the UK NFL Fantasy Football Podcast with me, Alex Brindle. As always, I'm joined by Lewis and Sharples. We're going to be reacting to Week 9, CJ Stroud going absolutely off, the Bengals heading to the Super Bowl, and we'll be asking why Arthur Smith is so stupid. We'll also be reacting to the boom and bust players of that week, basking in our own projection beaters glory and giving you some stats tips. As always, we'll look forward to Week 10 with our Forget About It and our projection beaters, those game tier lists too. If you want to get in contact with us, that's in the pocket across the pond at gmail.com. Let's get into it. Al, you got some fun Arthur Smith related news, haven't you? Oh yeah. I mean, listen. You know, oh, you might already yeah. know if you're listening, but I know that Alex Sharples isn't aware of this, and I just—it's a bit of fun. Sure. I'm going to say this news. Should we do the the Bijan Robinson thing now as well up top? We may as well if, if, we're, if we're bringing if we're bringing this man, if you want to call Arthur Smith that. Bijan oh. Robinson, the Invisible Man. Um. Bit of trivia first. Arthur Smith's father, Alex Sharples. Not Alex Sharples. Alex Smith. I was getting into tension. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Arthur Smith's father is Alex Sharples. Uh, CEO of FedEx, billionaire. John Smith. There's no, no, there's no punchline. He's, Arthur Smith's dad is the CEO of FedEx and he's a billionaire. What? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. I've vetted this. And ESPN have an article about how he how he he, he forged his own path in in you know and he and he you know he, and he just he, he, worked, a, he worked he worked hard and he forged his own path and he's doing his own thing. Shut up! Your daddy's a billionaire. As if there wasn't like more reasons to not like this guy. To quote to quote um, an also similarly self-made man. His father gave him a small loan of a million dollars. <laughs> to be fair, um, that's probably why he's not got the sack because he's actually bought the team uh, on the yes, yeah, and he's just himself. most likely, isn't it? most likely. Um, I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the, there's a million, there's a million jokes about you know, like joke, yeah. your, your dad is CEO of FedEx, but you can't deliver any good yeah, fantasy yeah, performance, yeah, etc., yeah. etc. Et I was going to go down the line of just <laughs> insulting, like, yeah, that there's no way anyone looks at themselves in the mirror with that moustache and thinks, I look good, unless you have the sheer lack of self-awareness that a complete, absolute Nepo baby uh, building yeah. a father has. So, um, Coming after the stash. Yeah, it's not good. Barney Gumble. <laughs> um, Why did they draft Bijan Robinson? I know, yeah, let's, let's do the Bijan Robinson thing Why now. did they draft Bijan Robinson? You, you're seeing him do all these plays, and it, it, it's like, you know, you... In the red zone and stuff like that. No, Luke, and it's, Luke, but it's like, Luke, what, what, are we, what are we doing? Give it to the guy you drafted in the top ten of the draft. Yeah, because I don't know about you two, and this joke has been kind of made on every pod, fantasy football podcast in the world, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I don't know about you two, yeah. but if I drafted the best running rookie running back prospect in Saquon Barkley and I'm in the red zone, I'm jet sweeping it to Johnny Smith. <laughs> <laughs> 
Obviously, there there was an argument at the start of the season to be made about load management and not wanting to break these guys down. We know how, how you know sort of um, injury prone running backs can be. They put the bodies out there every week, but at this point, it's like, what what did you draft him for? Because you're not even using him. Like, I, I I'm yeah. I'm really but, baffled. Like they they oh, Bijan Robinson must be. Total crap in in practice. Then, if yeah. <laughs> like there must be something we're not seeing. There's that thing where it's like, oh well, they didn't expect the Johnny Smith thing, but unexpected doesn't always mean good or no. success. You know, no one expects me to pull Tom Brady out of retirement and put him at cornerback. Mm. That's unexpected, but that also you know what I, you know what oh for, uh, third and twenty. Uh, for the Rams, um, you know what? No, Cup, they're going to expect you. Stafford, you line up on the, you yeah. line up outside, uh, and we'll get, you know, get Nakua to throw the ball to you twenty yards. They're not going to expect in that, are they? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's his version of this Philly special. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. The the Bijan Robinson thing is so frustrating because the the guy can play. Like we, you've seen the guy can play. He eludes tackles really impressively. He's you know light on his feet. I yeah, whatever. I mean, I think there's clearly only one explanation. I mean, two seasons ago we saw the exact thing: offensive prodigy, Kyle Pitts, superstar tight end. Let's not use him. The Falcons are clearly on some kind of crusade to destroy all these offensive prodigies. So yeah. that, I don't know why. Uh, it's, it's clearly some kind of Arthur Smith devious plan as the manager and owner of the team. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know I what he's say, plotting. Yeah. yeah, I would say that I hope Caleb Williams doesn't go there, though, but if you've been watching college football over the last month, he's on a crusade of his own. <laughs> he certainly No, is. Caleb Williams, still very good player, but um, USC not good at the minute. Um, How are the Colorado Buffaloes? I don't really keep good. up with... College football that much, no, but no, I know mean, they were. They were the. They, did they still have the interception thrown? The what? The interception. The interception thrown. Right. Mm. See those two words. The interception yeah. thrown. Not. Yeah. Not like I'm gesturing to throw a the, ball the, here. The chair. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, they made a lot of waves, but they're an average college team, I suppose. Uh, anyway, college football out of the way. NFL football from week nine. Seahawks three thirty-seven Ravens. Let's start there. Anyone on this podcast have Lamar Jackson in a league? Yes. Lewis says yes. So I'm going to ask Lewis. Um, when you saw that the Ravens have scored 37 points, mm-hmm. real life points, how many fantasy points did you think Lamar Jackson scored? I thought, like, because it was a pretty conservative game, even though they scored 30 points, I was thinking, like, he's got to have, like, at least 15 or something, somewhat passable. Do you know how many he had? Yeah. How many was it? Was it, like, eight, nine? Seven? That seems generous. I think it was around... Yeah, it was around six, seven. Um, yeah, I lost in that league pretty swiftly, so I, I sort of I didn't um, didn't pay too much attention. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens just completely stomped them. Did you did you catch much of this one, Charles? Yeah, I mean, like, like you say, I, I, I was hoping this was going to, be the, going to be one of the juicy ones, but the Ravens just love making these... Uh, Playoff contenders look silly. I, I, you're right. I mean, it was it was it was one of those games. It was it was done before it even got started. Um, mm. Is it? I'm still I'm still not fully convinced on the Ravens that because even when they look good, sometimes the offense doesn't always look that smooth. And I just kind of feel yeah. they've always got a loss in them. But I mean, fair mm. play. They've absolutely stomped the Seahawks here. Mm. 
They, they, they do, they, you know what? They've been suffocating teams. That's probably what yeah. you... Yeah, they've been suffocating teams. It was a really impressive um, victory. Don't know if it was the most impressive for me, uh, but it was really impressive. And like you say, in traps, they've done this to two kind of um, playoff favourites, yeah. favourites yeah, to yeah. go to the playoffs so far. Um, but how about a game where both teams scored a lot of points? And hello, CJ Stroud. What a baller. Mm. Bucks 37-39, Texans. Lou, what happened? CJ Stroud is the dude. That's yeah. what happened. It's it, it sort of like he's, his trajectory has just skyrocketed because, you know, with... with superstar quarterbacks they need something like this as well we've seen him be great we've seen him be accurate we've seen him throw touchdown passes and load of yards now we've seen him come up with a 40 second game winning drive uh, this guy's legit he is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league for the next decade mm. uh, it's well exciting to see when you see a guy like that and you just know okay this is he's going to be one of the guys that you know kids on the street are wearing his jersey and people who don't really know that much about the league will hopefully probably know his name. Mm. Uh, this is one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about 470 yards, five touchdowns, the best um, the best rookie quarterback fantasy performance ever, I believe. One thing to note for us, obviously, as fantasy football players, is that you had the 470 yards passing from CJ Stroud. Texans with 496 total yards, so we're not looking at much of a running game whatsoever. Sharple's smirking. Well, I mean, I, I drafted Damian Pierce in the fifth round um, based mm. on, obviously, him looking great last season. I, I dropped mm. him to waivers last week. I think Al, you picked him up and then proceeded to immediately drop him as well. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, Devin Singletree's pretty much taken over that room. It's not a good room to take over, but he has. I, I really don't know don't know what's happened there because Pierce looked so sharp. Um <clears> but yeah, no, it's just it's a desolate wasteland in that in that running back room, unfortunately. You gotta stay away from it. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Plus I will I, I will say that not every week Stroud is gonna facilitate four one hundred yard receivers. Um, he's gonna facilitate five, is what you're saying. I'm saying he's gonna facilitate five. Who could get a hundred yards that didn't last week? No Brown did, Schultz did, Dell did, Collins did. How about Collins didn't. Collins didn't. Collins didn't. Oh, no, sorry. he's only three. Only sorry, three. Sorry, sorry. He didn't. Three. Um So you're saying he's gonna this week. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It has to be four then this week. Well, um, I'm, I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven receivers, seven people caught passes from Stroud. So that's at least seven people who can get 100 yards this week. Mm-hmm. 700 yards, Stroud, um, place your bets, <laughs> easy win. <laughs> Bills, 18, 24 Bengals. <sighs> um, what, what's that reaction about, Lou? The back, aren't they? They do this every year. Mm-hmm. We said this last week. The Bengals are back. The Bengals are one of the better teams in the NFL again. Um, like you said last year, it's like you look at the Bengals' schedule and it's like, how many games do they lose the rest of the season, mm. really? Um, yeah. It's yeah. boring at this point. Poor second half to this game. Um, but I, I, I would say on the whole, the Bengals won handily, as um, as I kind of predicted them to. Okay. You know, I'm just for slotting that in there. So we think the Bengals are good, but what do we think about the Bills, chaps? I mean, 
well, we've spoken like about this team being somewhat stagnant, but yeah, go on. Yeah, we're, we're having the same conversation every week. Um, mm. You know, ultimately they'll still finish with with a good record, probably looking at twelve and five, eleven and six, something like that. Um, but they just can't seem to do it uh, in the big games, uh, and I mm. I keep waiting for them. I, I keep I keep building them up. Um, I st- back them to be in the Super Bowl at the start of the season because I, I just felt like this might be the year when it comes together, and, and it. They've got quality. Yeah. They've got quality all over the all over the pitch. That's the frustrating thing. They just something's missing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. They just can't. They can't get over the over the hill. You know, what I think this team needs. They they need some like volatility somewhere. Do you know, like a player that okay, they might be a risk to bring in. I mean, we're past the trade deadline now, but. Do you know a play that could have been a risk to bring in, but if it works, it really works. If they go a bit like before Tyreek Hill really established himself as like a true uh, number one receiver, he was a yeah. totally volatile player. Um, there was a, a player called Terry Cohen a few years ago who played for the Bears. who was a similar archetype. There's there's just no volatility volatility in that team, and and uh, although Diggs is one of the best receivers in the league, and James. Uh, Cook is a nice running back. The, yeah. They just look outmatched. I think I know what you're saying. Go on. The Bills need Antonio Brown. <laughs> 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 the most volatile man in the history of the league. Yeah. Um, they, but yeah, they just unfortunately look outmatched, I would say, um, on offense, which you, you wouldn't And, and I'm sorry, like the, the, the guy's still great right now, but, you know... The next year, the next year or two, you're going to be looking at old man digs. Old man digs. So you need to come on. You need. We need to. I'm not saying now. Digs is still easily top five wide receiver in the league for me. But we've seen how quick that drop off can be. He's been. He's been like the wide receiver three or four for fantasy for like the past four years. He's great. But one of the best wide receivers in the game that there's been. But am am I like? Is this some sort of slander if I say that he isn't necessarily pulling up any trees and neither's this Bills offense? No, and you know what? It'd be I think it'd be a lot um easier to to sort of clap back at that if we didn't see guys like AJ Brown, guys like C D Lamb getting it done for their teams, um, like putting themselves out there getting insane yardage totals, um Moving the moving the mm. ball up the field for the team. Yeah. yeah, I sort of agree a little bit there. Speaking of CD Lamb, oh. Cowboys 23, 28 Eagles. Um, Shut up, Sharples. I can I can hear the smirk on your face. You go first, <laughs> then Sharples. You you go first, then we'll we'll actually unpack how the Eagles cheated. But you go first. <laughs> no, I mean it's just I mean this mighty Dallas Cowboys team slumping to five and three after eight games, five and three. For this globe-trotting franchise that you keep telling me about, I mean, <laughs> at this rate, you're going to finish it nine and nine and eight, maybe. I mean, <laughs> okay, a flashy team, well, we no do, substance. We don't the play problem. the Eagles every week, though. Go but on, you'll play them when it matters, when they knock you out of the playoffs. But yeah, okay, Um Right. I'm not going to sit here like I've seen. I've actually seen some positive discourse around the Cowboys being like, "Well, you know, the, I'd be hopeful if I was a Cowboys fan, this, that, and the other." I'm not, right? I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Well, you know, we brought it to them, didn't we? We bully brought it to them, but you know, no, 
The Cowboys had every opportunity to win that game. They should have won that game. A better team in bigger moments wins that game. Like, they just beat themselves again, really. I mean, obviously you had the two-point conversion, Dak, stepping out of bounds. That can be forgiven. He at the moment, you know, what? I'm not going to hold that against Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott had a nice game. Mm. What I will say is, right, it's beyond me how you can be on a first and five at the Eagles' six-yard line to win the game and then three minutes later be on like a third and 26. Like, what What happened? It's poor play calling, poor discipline, poor execution. Uh, yeah, I... That just, summar- like, well, that, that just, that just summarises how they went crashing and burning out of the playoffs the past two years. The yeah. end game scenarios, they just completely bombed and, it and they don't seem prepared. I mean, you look, they outgained the Eagles in total yards by over 100 yards. Yeah, so obviously the, the chances to score were there and if we're being totally honest, they were sort of gifted that final drive. How many yards did they have mm. on that final drive in penalties? Mm. You know, the, the, the pass interference was like 30 yards alone. So, like, yeah. I, I just don't... It, it's just... I think Cowboys are still a really good team, still a playoff team, but they're not going to get anywhere if they can't do it in the big moments. And then, and like, it wasn't just Dak Prescott this time. The team as a whole proved, again, that they couldn't do it when it mattered, when mm. when they had the game there. The game was there for the taking. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, saying that they played the Eagles tilted something that you tell... You can say about the Commanders or the Giants, not about the Cowboys. But anyway, we had the Steelers, Chiefs, Vikings, Josh Dobbs, how about that? <laughs> Hanging 28 points on one of the statistically best defences in the league and he didn't even know any of the playbook. It was not, it was not pretty, but he got it done. <laughs> yeah, he got, yeah, yeah, he got it done. Um, Great, Saints, Packers, Browns, I think they look all right as a... Whole rounded team, uh, Colts, Raiders, Chargers, um, all with with nice wins. But like, which point total was the most disappointing? Put yourself in the fan as a fan of one of these teams. Put yourself in those shoes. Uh, one of us doesn't have to do that. Um, at which point total was the most disappointing? The Dolphins with fourteen in a loss. The Rams with three in a loss. Seahawks with three in a loss. Cardinals with zero in a loss, and the two New York teams, the Giants and the Jets, with six in a loss. Imagine you would you would be as deluded to be like I don't know, like maybe a Jets fan. <laughs> um, no, but which which one of these, in context with who they played, in context with how the season's going at the minute, is the most disappointing? Chapels. Um, I think you got to got to go with the Seahawks. I mean, if they truly are going to be knocking on the well more than knocking on the playoff door really I mean they've looked good Um, I'm not saying you have to win that game it would be nice but you've got to put up more than three points when when you've got what can be a very potent offence regardless of how good the opposition is so it'd be Seahawks for me yeah absolutely I was going to say the same Seahawks for all the reasons that Sharples did like this wasn't an injured team like a lot of these teams were. This 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 was the 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 offense, and they just couldn't do anything. I agree. Seahawks um, really bad loss. I do think the Dolphins um, is a, is a worrying one. You, you know, 40, fourteen points for the Dolphins this season is around about like three points for all the other teams with what they're averaging. Yeah, but again, like we've seen this time and time again this year. That's why that's why I said 
bet the under on this game because <laughs> um, yeah, um, but it was a great the, the, atmosphere. The, the, this, this, the, the real the the yeah, <laughs> the um. The Chiefs' defense is what's going to get them through the playoffs. Yeah, this Chiefs' not, defense it's, it's, is great really this good. year. It's <laughs> yeah. fantastic this year. Like the best I've seen it. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had as well. Yeah, and I think on the on the download, they're um, kind of tanking Travis Kelsey this year. But that, that that's a question for another week. But they they kind of are. Um, anyway, impressive victory. I'm going to go Texans. CJ Stroud just looked amazing. The, the speed he was throwing some of those passes out was ridiculous. Um, what a game. What a comeback. What a kick from... Um, Agumawale. Agumawale, yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Texans, Lou? I also went Texans. The right answer probably isn't the Texans. It's probably, you know, the Ravens. But mm. Texans just because of Stroud. Just cause it was so fun as well to watch. That was a really fun game. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sharps? Uh, I picked the right answer, Ravens. <laughs> uh, how about the not buying it win? I'm going to go the Packers. I think it's time to... We've already pressed the alarm bell for Jordan Love, fantasy-wise. I, I hope no one listening to this is starting Jordan Love in fantasy at the minute. You should not be doing that. Real life, I think, alarm bells should be ringing. Um doesn't look amazing, mm-hmm. uh, but the Rams look somehow even worse. <laughs> so uh, Packers not buying it win, Luke. Commanders for me, <clears throat> because, um, I mean, the not buying it win is going to be the Commanders every week that they win for me, because I think they're a bad team. Sharps? Yeah, I went for the Commanders as well. I mean, obviously they flogged Chase Young at uh, Montez Sweat as well. I mean, they're yeah. ready to ready to blow it up. Uh, which is quite funny actually because you can tell Ron Rivera is not happy about it although he's not happy about anything but uh, yeah Commanders <laughs> the reason I didn't go Commanders in that section is because um, because I I think the the team that they faced it was more about the team that they faced because they mm. faced the worst team in the league um, and that's the Patriots my worst team in the league at the minute it's the Patriots What what's happening mm. how do you not win that how do you not win that game <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Just if if I'm the Patriots, I'm seriously wanting to tank. Yeah. Seriously thinking about tanking. Yeah. And I think they've got an owner dodgy enough to uh, <laughs> <laughs> consider it. Uh, no. Uh, worst team in the league, league. Uh Gives me absolute pleasure knowing the viewership, <clears throat> the listenership of this podcast. Gives me absolute pleasure to <laughs> say the worst team is the Panthers. Uh, because I thought they were the, the healthiest bad team this week because obviously they had a couple of defensive players ruled out in the game, but offensively, fully healthy and couldn't do anything about uh, against a, a Colts defence that has been really bad this mm. year. They could not do anything against them, so the Panthers are easily the worst team. Mm. Sharps? Uh, it gives me great pleasure that there is a worse team in the New York slash New Jersey area than the Jets, and it is the Giants. <laughs> Nice. Yes, yes. Weekly top fives at each position, though. For fantasy football, of course, QB1, CJ Stroud, two Prescott, Hurts, Dobbs, Allen, and Joe Burrow with a nice game. Running backs, Rashad White, Randall Stevenson, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, and Mitchell. What's his, what, What's this? Uh... Mitchell? This lad's first name. I can't remember his first name. Elijah Ravens. Mitchell Ravens. Mitchell Ravens. Mitchell Ravens. 
Sorry, sir. Let me just pull up your name real quick. Wide receiver Tank Dell. CD Lamb. Noah Brown. Amari Cooper. Diggs. Mm-hmm. And you put Deontay in here as well. Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell. Michael Keaton Mitchell. Michael Keaton Mitchell. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, rookie, undrafted rookie running back for the Ravens. Um, bad that I couldn't remember his name, but what I do remember is he he's fast. Nine mm-hmm. carries, 138 yards. Um, people will have flocked to the waiver wire for this guy, which I probably wouldn't have done because uh, I've been playing fantasy football for uh, long enough to know that you don't you don't play a, a Ravens running back in fantasy football. <laughs> Uh, what did you get up to there? Deontay Johnson Deontay is highlighted Johnson. though. Sixth? Yeah, um, he had a really good game, yeah. Um, okay. Overtaking Pickens in targets. A shame if you're a Pickens owner. Uh, I think I'm going to bring up Pickens in a moment. I'm going to compare him to a couple of other wide receivers that I think are in similar situations. But at the tight end, Schultz, Komet, Orton, Ferguson, Smith, and of course with a nice game. It's our boy uh, Taysom Hill. Any standout performances for fantasy there for you, lads, this weekend? All the Texans. All the Texans, yeah. Mm. I thought I, I think if you're a Dak Prescott owner, you're very happy with how your season could be playing out at the yeah. Yeah, uh, Sharps. I mean, from a personal standpoint, CD Lamb, because I had him and he was just catching everything. Uh, but I think this week you've got to be loud and proud for CJ Stroud. Yeah. Yes. Nice. I would say as well, it seemed like a bit of a modest week for a lot of fancy options. Like, there was only CJ Stroud who scored over 29 points in PPR leagues, that is. Only 10 players with over 25 points. Two of those were defences. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, let's go through some busts. Uh, players that... I'm going to bring up three names uh, and the wide receivers that I think you've been really... Un- Two of them you've been really underwhelmed with for the full season. One of them has kind of been tanked by a player I just mentioned. Uh, but Chris Godwin, Zay Flowers, uh, and George Pickens. Two questions, lads. Are you starting any of these, or are you looking to bench them were possible in your teams? Or if you had to start one of them, who would it be? So I suppose... Yeah, tell me whether you bench them or not, if you have the option to, and which one do you like the most? Chris Godwin, Zay Flowers, or George Pickens? I mean, with two of these guys, all you have to do is look at my roster in our main league, um, because Zay Flowers and George Pickens will be on my bench for the foreseeable future. Yes, I'm... Listen... This is just a personal one for me. I, I haven't, I'm not, I'm not got Chris Godwin on any team in any league, uh, so I, it's been hard to keep track for me. So I haven't really felt it. I've felt it with Zay Flowers, and I've certainly felt it with George Pickens to the point where I am just blindly benching both of those guys in every league unless I have to play them. So I would probably ride with Chris Godwin. Uh, but in terms of that first question, if you could bench Chris Godwin too, would you? Yeah. Okay. I'd bench all of them. Shaps. I'd bench everyone. Shaps. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I agree. I would I would bench all three of them if I had to pick one. I'd probably say uh, Flowers purely because um, Godwin is behind Mike Evans. Uh, Pickens is behind Johnson. I still feel like there's room for Zay Flowers. I mean, obviously you could argue that, that Mark Andrews, but I mean, he's not a wide receiver. So I feel like 
Flowers has sort of the highest ceiling in that he's got no one directly ahead of him. Um, but yeah, they've uh, shame actually because I, I was I was pretty high on all those guys going into it, but they've just yeah, yeah just not done same. It. This yeah. is this is why I thought they were interesting names to bring up because the the wide receivers, though they're probably similar tier wise, they were drafted far enough apart that we could have listeners who have two or all three of them on a yeah. team, and they're yeah. wondering what we can do. And I suppose us telling you to bench all of them isn't much help, but uh, I would agree. I would play Chris Godwin. It's concerning. Chris Godwin's only gone over eighty yards one game this season, um, but I suppose. Weirdly, the production that Mike Evans is having, even though it's going to Evans, there's still it's still fueling that possibility that sometime they're going to come to Godwin. I mean, Godwin had a huge game against the Saints, so it couldn't it can happen, and Mayfield can facilitate that. Um, were you going to say something? There? I mean, I will just say like I I did note a couple of things down on Flowers and Pickens because I because I have them in so many leagues. Um, when you have guys who in Flowers. Six receptions, 30 yards over the past two games. Pickings, three receptions in the last two games. You have to bench those guys. Even if they blow up this week, the right thing to do is is yeah. is bench them because that's, that is killing you. I know, I know. Um, Puka Nakua, another wide receiver who didn't have a game. Michael Thomas with a big fat goose. Oh, Gabe uh, Davis. Gabe, 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 Gabe Goose. Gabe is. Goose, yes, yeah. <laughs> Cheeky Goose. Um <laughs> Thielen, not a great game. Pacheco, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Tua, Lamar. I've put in brackets, haha, because they, they won, obviously. Metcalf, Kelsey, <laughs> Ken Walker, Herbert. Um, but a player that I I want to, again, get get your gauge on is Tony Pollard. How worried are we about Tony Pollard's fantasy outlook at the minute, considering... The, the the Cowboys offense has kind of been rolling the past month and they've been scoring a lot of points regardless of whether they won or lost uh, and Pollard hasn't been doing really anything for fantasy um, would you trade Tony Pollard for the running back that was on the other side of the field this past weekend my guy DeAndre Swift DeAndre Swift who I believe is about the running back five on the season at the minute uh, I I I I wouldn't. The running back five, Tony Pollard, currently the running back eighteen. Uh, we've seen we've seen Pollard blow up on a consistent basis in the past, and I feel like that's blinding us to the fact that this offense might not at the minute need him as much as DeAndre Swift is vital to the Eagles' offense. Yeah. I'm playing devil's advocate here because I'm going to be talking about Tony Pollard in a little bit. <laughs> okay. I, I probably wouldn't just because I think still, I think with DeAndre Swift, you have guys who might steal a touchdown away from him. I think Pollard is still the guy in Dallas. The scoring enough points, he is going to get his at some point, I would say. I would I would hold, but it's a, it's a very sweaty, loose hold with slipping out of my hands, okay. like like Cliffhanger yes. and Sylvester yeah. Stallone yeah. and that raccoon or <laughs> something. No, that's the Essentura. <laughs> we know nothing about movies, though. That's yeah. That's true. Um, Sharps, would you trade? Would you make that trade? Um, I think 
uh, I would make that trade purely because Swift has been doing really good this season. But I do think this is a good time to uh, buy low on Pollard. I'm just looking at the schedule now. So he started He started off with three good games at the start against the Giants, Jets and Arizona. His down weeks have come against New England, who were good, like a good defensive yeah. team. And then the Niners, good defensive team. And Philly, um, and to be fair, didn't do great against the Rams either. But they've got the Giants, the Panthers, the Commanders and Seattle coming up next. It's a good run of games. Like If he's, if he's going to get it back, it'll be in these next four games. So I would trade him for Swift now. Um, but I think if you can... If you can Trade him, get trade him in for uh, for lower than his actual value. Now I think I'd do it because I think I think this is where he'll kick on. Hopefully, I'm hoping so. Uh, Lou, I, I, it feels like you've hijacked my segment. Mm? You've hijacked my segment. Go on, <laughs> heading for the booth. He's the captain now. I thought it was a I thought it was a joint segment. I thought it was like impressive win, worst team. We we threw it out there. Well, I've got a new segment no. later on anyway. It was, definitely Al's, it was definitely Al's segment that you that you barged into, but I'm fine. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you barged into our segment. Barged so, into the booth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go on, take it away. Head to the booth is Chet Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was no, saving no, the Chet no, Johnson no, no. For, for, oh. for projection beats. Uh, head into the booth, I think I, I, I put B. John Robinson because uh, that way we might actually see him on our TVs mm. on a Sunday. Very nice, very nice. Um no, we're not ones to gloat on this podcast, so we'll just zoom through this section. Okay. But if we you want did, to take your time. We did take warn time, people. Uh, we did warn people last week that um We weren't playing. We were not playing. Um We did warn people last week, yes, that we were gonna we were gonna give you our projection beaters for real now. This is it. Ha ha jokes on you. We were suggesting you Awful, awful players um, previously. But as Lou quite succinctly said in a text to me and Sharple, so I'll just get it up here. Um, this week we had the quarterback 1, 2, 10, running back 1 and 8, wide receiver 1, one and 8, and tight end 3 and 6. In other words, that Strode 41.8 points hit, Mixon 19 points hit, Higgins 17.8, not a hit, but very good game, K dot on 23 points hit. That was me. Lou Prescott, 28 points hit. Hubbard, 10, still a passable game. Dell, 29 points hit. And Joku, 12 points. It, it was a nice game. Sharples, Derek Carr, 16 points. Nice game. Rashad White, running back one on the week, 27.9 fantasy points. Addison, a little bit disappointed, but you'll take 10 points. And Taysom Hill, yet again, third week in a row. It's a hit. Uh, do we want to bathe in this any longer, chaps, or should we save everyone and uh, just move on? I'm just going to save. Her. <laughs> yeah, Come on, save her for a little bit more. Okay, sorry, sorry. I rescind the woo. You're welcome, <laughs> everyone. Don't expect that that sheer, unbelievable hit rate. I I say expect again. it from I, I say expect, expect it. it from now on and stop yeah. listening if we don't do that again. Please, and uh, <laughs> just, just obviously, that's a joke. Please listen. Don Kincaid was also a hit. Just saying. I know there was a little thing. <laughs> there was a little thing about me. Taking... Oh, there was as well. <laughs> there was a little oh. thing about me taking two misses. So actually, I'm two for two on tight end that week. So whatever. No, we said that doesn't count though. We actually yeah, said yeah, that doesn't and I'm count. fine. I'll take the moral victory. Whatever. I don't care. At least I'm not picking Taysom Hill every week. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> 
Um, but okay, that was a very good week for us. It, it was. It, it, I feel like it seemed like a, a really unbelievable week for fantasy football scoring, even though Louis Illustrated it wasn't. So mm. maybe you know, I don't know. A broken clock is right twice a day. Listen, all I'm saying is like, yeah, that that bullseye was even smaller this week because of the <laughs> the the fewer points scored, and we still absolutely nailed it all yeah. three of us. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, it's because all along we knew the Texans were going to be the best offense in the league. Yeah. Anyway, news and injuries, Lou. Some quite big injuries this week. Uh, I can't remember a season where there's been so many sort of like big injuries like this, but. Uh, yeah, Daniel Jones, quarterback for the New York Giants. All jokes aside, he's torn his ACL. He's done for the year. Um, that why did you say that? Like you were teeing up a joke, though. Yeah, <laughs> because why? Because why else would you say all jokes? Aside? Because because it's been known on this podcast that Daniel Jones is hot, hot garbage. Okay, um, and he is still fair, hot though, garbage, but he's not playing aside, anymore. He is rubbish. <laughs> he, is, he is rubbish, but he's also a Tony's ACL and he's done for the year. Um, Do you which, know how much the Giants are going to pay him next year? 40 mil? Yeah. Hmm? 40 mil a year for the next four years? Good hood. Um, <laughs> um, which, yeah, I mean, that's even worse because Tyrod Taylor, who was a decent backup, uh, is, is on injured reserve. So, DeVito time. They're still wrong with is it Tommy DeVito? Oh, I we made that just, up. I think we should just call him Frank Reynolds. Frank Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I'm saying it out there. I think there's a good chance that 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 Daniel Jones has played his last game for the Giants, or at least played his last game as the clear starter for the Giants. Who, because who's gonna who's gonna pick that contract up? No, but but all I'm saying Apart is that from a blind man. I'm that's why I said or at least the starter. The clear right. starter because you never know the Giants could be in the sweepstakes for one for Caleb Williams or something at this rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on from the Dallas Goddard fractured forearm, he's going to miss at least a month, uh, which is a, a big one because he's a reliable tight end. Josh Downs, wide receiver for the Colts, exited with a knee injury that has been lingering for him. So, you know, he might miss some time with that. I mean, he's, he's had a nice rapport with Minshew at the Colts, so, you know, if you've got Pittman, I would smash Michael Pittman in. Um, Josh Palmer was placed on injured reserve on Sunday, the uh, Chargers wide receiver. Uh, Cam Akers mm. suffered a torn Achilles against the Falcons for Minnesota. His season is done. Um, and did we... Did we get the, the Darren Waller IR news last week? Was he already on IR? No, no, no. no. Darren Waller's on injured reserve as well, uh, which is which is another gutting one at tight end. Um, mm-hmm. And then a bit of news: Kyler Murray is expected mm-hmm. to start this week. Oh, th- this this next this next one's unfortunate. <laughs> Rams sign Carson Wentz. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. That's the most. Uh, I d- that's the saddest news of the, of the yeah. whole lot. I mean, it's sort of like one of the only quarterbacks they could sign, and you're like, 
no, Matthew Stafford should be all right then. Should he? Like it's like the the fact that they've signed Carson Wentz is telling you Matthew Stafford must be healthy soon. <laughs> yeah, I know because yeah. it's like the prospect of starting Carson Wentz is worse than like just throwing the ball to like a small dog. Yeah, and getting them to catch it in the teeth and try yeah. and run with it for the and for the yeah. whole pitch. Yeah, and then a bit of news which you think is a bit of a smoke screen out. Justin Jefferson designated to return from injured reserve, but you don't think he's going to be back this week. No. Okay. No, no, no. The, the timeline it doesn't match up with the timeline of that injury, the initial timeline. It's probably more like two more weeks of the very earliest, I would say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Can I also just say on Darren Waller, I know there was <coughs> there was some chatter last week about uh, hamstrings and how many you have. Um, <laughs> I googled it. I would like. I, believe, say, I, believe, I, I believe you put it somewhere between one and one hundred. <laughs> I was correct because I've been informed by a reliable friend of ours who is who is a professional sport scientist that um, you have you have three. <laughs> It'd be funny if you just not even got his job title right, but yeah, that you have three. You have three. He's a fitness coach, and you have three. Slash sports scientist. Slash sports scientist. Give him, give him some respect. And you have three. He gave me the names of them specifically. I'm not going to recite it because I can't remember. But you have three hamstring sharples. I know. I know you're impressed. I I am. And bemused by that. The plural of hamstring is not actually hamstrings. It's hamstry. (laughs) Three hamstry. Thanks, Chris. Moving on. So before we look ahead to this next week, I just want to quickly bring up some some tips in terms of weekly start and sit decisions that we all have to make in our fantasy teams. It's not necessarily going to be some anything that we've not spoken about before, but you can chime in, lads, if you want to add anything to it. But I just wanted to basically say to the listeners how I go about uh, making start and sit decisions in my teams every week so obviously I'm looking at the matchups I really like playing on a format where you get kind of just the the, the colour-coded uh, matchup green being really good red being not so good because I'm clearly a toddler I'm an idiot and I just yep. like colours yep. so, yep. <laughs> so but I just think it makes it really clear so you're targeting matchups um, the, the, obviously you're starting some players regardless really good offences People like on the Bengals, people like on the Chiefs. You don't care who they're playing. You start them regardless. But we're talking about those wide receiver two, flex, tight end position, running back two. We're looking at matchups. We're also looking at target trends for wide receivers and tight ends or um, carry trends for running backs. You know, is this person ascending and getting more targets or um, opportunities, if you will? Uh, And if so probably worth putting in your team if you're in a bit of a pinch and you're comparing them to other people on your team. Contextualise it. How's this team looking at the minute? Who they're playing for? Who are they playing against? Uh, what worries the game? Um, does it look like it's going to be a shootout potentially? Is it going to be a bit of a slug pass? Is it a game that's in London or Germany because we've seen they're really low scoring games? So contextualise it. Maybe build a bit of a narrative because as Luke showed last week the narratives with the um, international games are true they don't have as much point as many points in them uh, and look what you need do you need upside do you need a flaw uh, are you projected 15 to 20 points lower than the person you're against well in that case 
we need to take some chances and we need some volatility and we need some upside. Are you mm-hmm. the person that's projected up in the 130s potentially and you're higher? Then get those floor players in, get those safe 10, 15 point players in because hopefully if you've drafted well, you're going to have the one or two or three players on your team that, that kind of bring in the points every week. So yeah, I, I would say take all those things into consideration. I don't know about you, if you can think of anything else, Lou or Sharps. Um, well, for me, uh, I boil the kettle. Uh, I open up a sachet of loose leaf Lapsang Souchong tea. Uh, <laughs> drink it down. Uh, read the tea leaves and go, oh yeah, I'm going to start Hopkins this week. Brilliant. Very good. Uh, very good. <laughs> no, but um, oh, to be fair, Al, you, you did cover it. It was, yeah, that's exactly what you need yeah. to do. Yeah. And what you said, though, as well. And what and I did. What you yeah, if, you, if, you have, if you have if you have the facility to do yes. that. Yes. Um, I would, yeah, just, just to add to a couple of points that you said, Al, contextualise, I would also say... Um, it is great having those sort of match-up uh, <clears throat> ideas, who's good and who's not good. But also look at it in recent context. Look at the last three or four games or something yeah. like that. Someone like the Broncos, they're going to have that 32-ranked defence all year because of that 70 bomb they got dropped on them by the Dolphins. But if you look at the past few weeks, they've actually been pretty good. You know, so look at the past few weeks. We do that a lot on when we're talking about our projection beaters. We're like, oh, this team has given up the most receiving yards in the past three weeks. That's how you see these trends and stuff yeah. like that. And then also look at what you need upside and floor. I mean, very specific example, but like if if you um, if you have T Higgins and you're deciding to start T Higgins or another player, and the person you're against has Joe Burrow, well. If you if you're projected less than them already, you want to completely blow up. You need to blow up to win that matchup. Don't start Higgins because if Higgins blows up, that means Burrow has you. You're better off going for the option that you don't show with the other team uh, to differentiate those points. Really, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that obviously that's if, if if you need to kind of blow. I, if you I, need yeah, to, because yeah. sometimes it can be. Seen it, as, can, it can be seen as capping the other. It team, can be seen the other way yeah. around, of course, as well. I, um, it's, like you said, it's all about contextualising. I would also say don't be afraid to um, boil the kettle and do that tea thing that Sharp has That, first of all. But secondly, to forget about the projection. So We've all been in those situations where you're like, okay, so this guy is a really good wide receiver too, maybe, on his team, but he's got the best matchup in the league. He's got a really good quarterback. It looks like they're going to be in a bit of a shootout versus someone who might be a wide receiver one for his particular team. He's got an awful matchup. Maybe his quarterback's injured, but this second guy I'm talking about has a higher projection. Don't be afraid to throw the projection out the window and play the player that you logically have decided is in a better position to succeed, I suppose. Um, Yeah, that's where projections sometimes can be misleading, I would say. But let's look ahead. Week 10. 10. Week 10. Can you believe we're here? Where does it go indeed? Um... Bye weeks this week, Chiefs, Rams, Dolphins and Eagles. Brutal. I told you last week it was going to get worse than last week. Hmm. Chiefs, Rams, Dolphins and Eagles on buys. Let's start looking ahead to next week the way that we always do. Hey, forget about it. Okay, the forget about it. It's the guys that are locked into your lineup. No matter what, 
play these guys, we're not going to talk about them. At the quarterback position, it's Josh Allen, it's Joe Burrow, and it's Lamar Jackson. Forget about it. Running back, it's McCaffrey, Eckler, Etienne, Johnny T, Alvin Kamara, Barkley, Jacobs, Henry. Forget about it. Wide receiver, Chase Diggs, Amon Ra, Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb. Forget about it. And tight end, Hawkinson, Lepore, Andrews, and Kittle. Forget about it. Into the projection beaters. Players that we think are going to outscore the ESPN projections by more than four points. Uh, certainly a lot more than four points last week. Lad. Oh, <laughs> yes. Hey. Let's keep the hot streak going. Let's start at the wide receiver position. Redoes those tea leaves, Alex Sharples. <laughs> well, it's the example I used in the tea leaf scenario because it is the man who's back from the dead and back from the booth, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are giving up the second most points to uh, fantasy wide receivers at the minute. Listen, it's it's a bit of a boom-bust pick, as we've seen illustrated in the last two weeks. I mean, one week, six targets, four receptions, three touchdowns for 34 points. The next week, 11 targets, but only four receptions for 60 yards. Um, like I said, there's no guarantees on this one, but... Levis is coming, he's got a big arm, he's looking to throw to Hopkins most of the time. Hopefully those two averages even out, gets me a nice sort of 20, 22 points. I'll take eight targets for seven receptions and a cheeky touchdown. I don't think that's too much to ask. The lap sang agrees with me, got the wind at my back. Let's go nuke. <laughs> Very nice, Lou. I'm going to go Quentin Johnston, uh, rookie wide receiver for the Chargers. Projected eight points. Now, yeah, that's a low projection. You Boo. might think this is. <laughs> Boo. You might think this is low. The game. Boo you might think this is low hanging fruit. Boo <laughs> but, but Johnson has only actually eclipsed that many fancy points uh, once in eight games. So, I'd say it's a bit more of a gamble than it initially. I actually looks. think that's a super hot, super hot take. I think he's looked really bad. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. I think he's. I'm surprised that you've. Jokes aside, I'm super surprised that you've gone with him. So I'm changing my wide receiver to Chet Johnson. Justify, justify yourself. I will do so. Uh, Palmer, Josh Palmer, placed on injured reserve. Johnson needs to step up now and become an integral part of this offense. We saw glimpses of that in Week Nine when he recorded uh, five for fifty. Highest receptions and targets so far in his young career. Uh, drafted pick 21 in this year's draft. That is big draft capital for a wide receiver. Needs to start showing some of that talent that NFL scouters obviously saw in him. Uh, he, he was a big play guy in college, averaged 19 yards per reception over three years at TCU. Uh, this week, he's playing the Lions team who are giving up the largest yards per completion in the league over the last three games, 12.8 yards per reception. So big plays to be had there, I would say. This game also has the highest over-under of the week at 48.5. Lions favoured by just 2.5 points, so could be a bit of a barnstormer. Yeah, the Lions, 6-2, and two, they're coming off a bye. They're going to fancy themselves in this game. We know that they can score points. Uh, and with the charges, it can all be Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. The Lions' defense is good enough to make it a tough matchup for those tough options. So, if the Chargers want to keep up, I think Johnston has to show up this week. I'm going to go DK Metcalf, projected 14.6 versus Washington. Uh, this is the new section that I wanted to introduce, lads. It's called um, 
fantasy football Russian roulette because I'm 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 picking the Seahawks wide receiver. <laughs> so But I'm going Metcalf. Washington, the pass defense is a lot worse than the rush defense, so I'm expecting Seattle to do some damage in the air through the air, I should say. Um they need to adjust to last week's awful loss, so I'm gonna buy the narrative that, that adjustment that adjustment includes getting the best wide receiver more involved. There's not much between these Seahawks at wide receivers these days. They're all very dynamic. I know when Metcalf has got there, he kind of had a different role to lock it. Uh, but what I will say is Washington's reliance on man coverage without a true lockdown corner is what has been the weakness this year. So Metcalf is going to be a matchup nightmare for him, uh, particularly on those deep routes. So uh, I think Metcalf has a nice game. Nice. Let's go quarterback, chaps. Well, it ties in quite nicely, Al, because uh, I've picked the man who will hopefully be throwing several touchdowns to DK nice. Metcalf this week, uh, Geno Smith. Washington currently giving up the most points to fantasy quarterbacks, and everything you just outlined, everything you've just outlined, they've got a weak secondary. They're trading away the the defensive line. They're they're ready to to tank for the rest of the season. Um, it's it's a relatively high projection for Geno actually. It's fifteen point eight, which considering that he's only beat that mark once this season, I'm a little bit worried about it. Obviously, not a good week last week against a very stingy Baltimore defense. But this is the kind of game where after a bad loss. You come back, you say, right, boys, let's go and stick 40 points on them. And I'm hoping that Gino will, will, uh, will get a few of those. So uh, for everything you said, and because he's a gorgeous man, Gino Smith. <laughs> Very good. Lou? lot of synergy in our picks this week. I'm going to go with Will Levis uh, for the Titans. Projected 15.3. Synergy, good word. Yeah. Um, I'm targeting the matchup that we targeted with quarterback and wide receiver last week, the incredibly poor Buccaneers secondary. Sharples, you outlined it with your Hopkins pick. Uh, they've given up 335 passing yards per game over the past four games, which is atrocious and something that you really do have to target. Um, I mean, it, it helps that in his two starts, Levis has shown his ability to the ball out successfully. You know, 500 passing yards, four touchdowns in two games. Really, I'd say solid numbers uh, for a rookie. Um, you know, last week wasn't really anything to show about for Levis, but in fairness, he was against a very stout Steelers defence. So it was always going to be a bit of a reality check after that blow up in his debut. But. Oddsmakers have this game between the Titans and Bucks really tight. The Titans are favoured, but by one point. So to expect it to be close, very competitive. Both teams are ones that can be beaten through the air, so could very well end up with another shootout on our hands uh, with the Buccaneers in this game. And if that's the case, I think Levis has a good chance to show us, uh, like he did against the Falcons, that, he is, that he's, worth, he's worth his weight in fantasy. Yeah, and I'm going to go Jared Goff, uh, projected 16.1 at the Chargers. Yeah. If there's one thing we can tell um, with the Lions this year, it's if, if they're against a team that you can throw on, they will be doing that. It's kind of as simple as that. They've really beat up on bad defences. They've run the ball and kind of grinded out some victories when they've played tough teams sometimes. Um, so it's kind of just a really straightforward start for me pass friendly offense versus a second worst passing offense in the entire league a potential shootout yes please i want jared goff this week and i want a lot of uh detroit lions pieces to be honest with you just before we move on lads 
the name just sprung to mind just now, and I think it's one that we need to bring up because we haven't already, and I think a lot of people listening to us will have this decision to make. Are you starting any of those three names that we just mentioned over Trevor Lawrence this week? I think we just need to take a minute to chat about Trevor Lawrence. Disappointing season, unbelievable talent against the 49ers this week in a position where if you drafted him high, you feel like you have to play him every week. Let's give those Lawrence owners some clarity in terms of what to do this week. Would you start your start of the week over Trevor Lawrence? So, Sharples, would you start Geno over Lawrence? Um, this week, I would start Geno Smith over Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Um, that okay, Lou, defense is, is no joke. Yeah. Lou, would you start Levis over Lawrence this week? Uh, probably not, just because... Okay. You, this season, um, you have been able to pass on the 49ers. Okay. I would start Jared Goff over Trevor Lawrence. So I would say if you can pick up Goff or Gino or if they're your backup option for Lawrence, um, I would play. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't start Levis over him just because I do think there's a bit of volatility in that pick by mm-hmm. me. Um, but just speaking on your behalf, yes, I would. I would start Goff okay. and probably Gino over Lawrence. Okay. okay, Gino's a tough one, but yeah, Goff. Yeah, I, I just think there's some listeners out there who are probably wanting some clarity on the whole Lawrence situation. So yeah. Anyway, um, let's do running back Sharps. Uh, I've gone for Joe Mixon, um, running back of the Bengals, projected 15.2 points. Uh, really worked himself back into the offense these past couple of weeks, 20 and uh, 18 points respectively. Um, sort of hard to predict with this with this Houston team. They're, they're not a fantastic defense and um, they can put points on you, but equally, you know, there's been games where they haven't. So it's a bit of a tough one to predict, but I just think uh, with the increased workload and, and the receiving work that, that Mixon's getting, he's, he's a... Is a stable pick. Will he will he be a hit for me? I'm not entirely sure, but he, I'm confident. I'm confident that he won't bust. Put it that way. So uh, yeah, a pretty steady pick this week, Joe Mixon. Nice, Lou. I'm gonna go Jameer Gibbs. Projected 12.7. Uh, again, targeting the highest over in the matchup of the week. Uh, it's a game that I want players in. Uh, I know David Montgomery is due to be back this week, which undoubtedly does eat into Gibbs's value. Uh, but you know, Montgomery's actually projected more than Gibbs this week, which I'm a, I'm a bit sceptical of, really. Um, you know, I think the matchup combined with what Gibbs has shown his past two games leads me to believe that this backfield in Detroit isn't going to immediately revert back to how it was uh, in that initial stretch of the season before Montgomery's injury. You know, those past two games, Gibbs has rushed for 220 yards, two touchdowns on 37 carries. Uh, I don't think that's a guy that you want to take the ball off, to be honest with you. You know, I, I think it also bodes well for Gibbs that even with Montgomery back, uh, he was predominantly the pass catching back, and the Chargers have given up the second most yards and second most receptions to running backs this season. So, yeah, I, I think that Gibbs still takes the bulk of that receiving work, but has also earned himself at least a 50 50 split in carries. You know, ultimately, I think they're both going to be involved in this game. Uh, it's projected to be a very competitive, high scoring. I just think Gibbs, he's shown us. Uh, that big playability that he was drafted for. So now we've seen it. Why? Why can you? Why? Why would you ever shy away from it? You know, he, I, I think he's the better running back out of the two, and I'm hoping the Lions are going to be start. Are going to be using him as such? And I'm going to go Tony Pollard. Projected 15.7 versus the Giants. We need a big game from Tony P. As we mentioned before, it's not been nice in recent weeks. But on the plus side, 
only six running backs in the league have a higher snap percentage than Pollard. So he is on the field quite a lot, um, to say the least. It does make it even more frustrating that he's not been scoring fantasy points so far. However, he feasted against the Giants in the season opener with 22 fantasy points. I'm not sure that this offense, uh, the Cowboys offense, can sustain how they've been playing. You know, just basically throwing everything to CD Lamb the whole game, apart from maybe a touchdown or two to the tight end Ferguson. Um, and in a game that they're going to be winning against the Giants, I can see Pollard getting plenty of valuable fantasy work. So I'm going to go with Tony Pollard. Um, and let's uh, let's do the tight ends, Sharps. I wonder who you've got. <laughs> Well, I mean, you already know. Uh, it's the man himself, Taysom Hill. It's getting a little bit... It's getting harder to pick him. The, the projections keep rising each week. The league's on to me, unfortunately. He's projected 9.4. Uh, Ooh, that's, that's a normal yeah. tight end projection. Yeah, yeah. They're giving, <laughs> they're some respect on his name, finally. I've been lobbying for it. Um, but, yeah, no, the, the, the fact is, you know, he, he he's the wildcat. He's the, he's the gadget guy. And, and when they're in the red zone, there's always a chance that they're going to hand it off to him to rush or they've got a, a cheeky little pass player for him. So... It, He's still that he's still that boom bust guy, but I mean the past two week, past three weeks, he's he's been booming, uh, and I got to keep riding the hot hand, my boy Taysom Hill. Nice, Luke. nice. I'm gonna go George Kittle, projected ten point eight. You know, I think you can make this argument with Hill as well, with a lot of tight ends probably, but I think it's very true with with Hill and with Kittle. Uh, the projections just seem more like a very very safe median, really, because you know. George Kittle, uh, Taysom Hill, they're never just getting 10 points. You know what I mean? Like, mm. they're the booming or busting. Like, <clears throat> for, here's some examples of George Kittle this season, right? Week four versus Arizona, 1.9 points. Week five versus the Cowboys, 27.7 points. <laughs> Week six versus Cleveland, 1.1 points. <laughs> Week eight versus the Bengals, twenty three point nine points. So, what do you want him to do, mate? Score fantasy points like in an actual logical and spread out fashion? <laughs> that would be stupid. He's a tight end. I know that is impossible to do. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we know Kittle. He's always going to be a bit of a gamble. But this week, I'm going with him. Uh, even if Debo's back, uh, the matchup against the Jags has been a decent one for tight ends. They've been allowing 13.7 fantasy points a game to the position. So it's a matchup that Kittle could take advantage of, uh, and I'm hoping for big numbers if he does. And I'm going to go Trey McBride, projected 10.1 <laughs> versus the Billionaire Boys Club. <laughs> Good emerging tight end in McBride. Gets Kyler Murray back, which should be an upgrade. I mean, for all I know, Kyler could absolutely hate him and uh, not want to throw the ball to him. But let's go with the narrative that he's getting a massive upgrade at quarterback and he's going to still be really good with Zach Ertz not on the field. So, yeah, Trey McBride. Game tiers, week 10. Sharps, what have you got for us? I'll start with the stinky ones as usual. Uh, Bears, Panthers, Cardinals, Falcons, Raiders, Jets, Patriots, Colts. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to the mayor, we've got Bills, Broncos, Steelers, Packers, Vikings, Saints, Buccaneers, Titans, Cowboys against the lowly Giants and Seahawks, Commanders. Hmm. I think the Seahawks, Commanders could have some points in it, is all I would say. Potentially, potentially. I suppose I'm just too down on Washington to give them any, uh, any yeah. sort of respect. Uh, yeah. Into the good, we've got the Jags against the Niners and the Bengals against the Texans. Yeah, I, I'll be totally honest. I think if the 49ers aren't careful, they could be on to the fourth loss in a row here. 
I, yeah, I think okay. in Jacksonville, it's mm. going to be a tough game. I, I personally would. I, I'm taking Jacksonville in this game. Mm. Uh, leaves two in the great. Gone for Ravens, Browns, and the Chargers against the Lions. Yeah, Ravens, Browns is going to be a real slugfest. I'm actually quite looking forward to that one. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, the NFL. Oh boy, I bet they're regretting uh, putting that Jets Raiders game in prime time. <laughs> My goodness, I bet the viewership. I bet the viewership is low, oh, low, yeah. low, low. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's going to do us. That is going to do us. Before we leave, I just want to shout out NFL Store, like I did last week. Uh, I'm going to put a link in the description if you want all sorts of merch. Um, you know, may, maybe. You're a maybe you're a six six sicko and you want an Aaron Rodgers Jets jersey. They're all on there. Um, if you follow our link, we get a bit, little bit of kickback from that. If you use promo code Touchback, all one word, all caps, that's twenty five percent off your order. Have a browse, see what they've got. They the, number, the number seven jersey for the Falcons. That is an actual player. <laughs> yeah, the number seven jersey. <laughs> yeah, the Invisible Man. Um, yeah. There'll be a link in the description. Yes, and as we illustrated last week, we do deserve to be paid for this. <laughs> yes. Too right. Wow. That's it. My yes. God, we do. But enjoy week 10. Enjoy. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.